Good morning, Maranatha. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive, right here on our website. Uh, Today, uh, I feel this message is a message that is needed uh, around the world to every child of God today. Amen. God God lays the responsibility for intercessory prayer. Uh, He lays it right at the door of his people, of the church. That's where judgment begins, and that's where mercy is obtained. It's all contingent upon our qualifying for and engaging in effective intercession. That's why I want to read you one of the most common scriptures and and many times miss conceptions about this scripture we won't explain it today the title of our message today is false repentance false repentance friend of mine one thing that we must be before god and that is absolutely honest and sincere and god is looking for that kind of heart it's the kind of heart that he found in david when he called him a man after God's own heart. The premier sign uh, that David's heart pleased God was his sincerity, not his perfect obedience, although he had a heart to obey, but it was his sincerity, it was the heart to obey that caused God to choose him to be king and ruler in Israel. Hallelujah. A friend of mine, he went off the rails, but he got back on track. Hallelujah. And he died with a testimony because of God's grace and God's mercy that he obtained through sincere repentance when he sinned. That's important. It can't be false. It has to be real. And when God looks on the heart, that's what he's looking for, is that complete transparency, that complete honesty within every one of us as his children. Listen to Second Chronicles. I'm going to put it in context, and you'll recognize the scripture that is used and is needed for intercession around the world today. From God's people. Listen to chapter 7 of Second Chronicles. I know this is to ancient Israel, but the principle has not changed because the God who established the principle is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. Listen. Chapter 7 of Second Chronicles, beginning with verse 12 instead of 14. He said, And the Lord appeared unto Solomon by night and said unto him, I've heard thy prayer. That's critical. Hallelujah. This is the confidence the New Testament says that, that, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if he hears us, <laughs> we know that we have the petition that we've desired of him. And God said to Solomon, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locust to devour the land. These are corrective judgments from the Lord, chastisements, if you please. Or if I send pestilence among my people, 
Did that word ring a bell to you in this pandemic that's all over the world and affecting every one of us? See, that's why the Bible tells us to pray for kings and those that are in authority, that we might live a peaceable life because their decisions will either bring blessing or it will bring chastisements and we will be affected. We as God's children do not live in a bubble. We live in this fallen world, in these faulty bodies, and we need to intercede for all those who are making the decisions that have brought chastisements upon the land and and in our own churches and our own Christian lives. There is so much disobedience to God's clear teaching today, as if what he said in ancient times is so outdated, it has no real relevance to us today. I'm going to tell you something. The Word of God declares of itself that heaven and earth will pass away. Amen. And man will pass away. We're like the blade of the grass. We come up, the sun comes out, and it withers. Listen, listen. Time is short. The coming of the Lord is near. This is no time for false repentance. This is a time for sincerity. This is a time to confess our sins that are many before the Lord so that we can receive the mercy that he abundantly makes available to us today. Listen to this. If I shut up heaven, verse 13, Second Chronicles 7, if I shut up heaven and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, watch this, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Hallelujah. Now mine eyes shall be open, mine ears attent to the prayer that is made in this place. Hallelujah. For now I have to, now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Glory be to God. If I send locusts to devour the land or if I send pestilence among my people, if my people will intercede and they will confess their sins, in other words, if they will repent of their sin. The problem that we're facing today is false repentance. Listen to Hosea 6, 1 through 4. It said, Come, let us return unto the Lord. For he hath, he, he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. You see, mercy makes God's grace available to us. After two days, He will revive us. And on the third day, He will raise us up. And we shall live in His sight. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. He shall come to us as the rain and the latter and the former rain 
unto the earth. <laughs> Listen, how do you know when God returns? If we return to Him, He returns to us because He will come to us as what? As the rain, the latter and the former unto the earth. <laughs> he will restore the blessing literally, materially to our life. When we are spiritually right with Him, then there's going to be a material evidence as well. <laughs> Listen to verse 4, O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee, O Judah? What shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as the morning cloud, and as early dew it goeth away. Literally, your love is like the morning mist like the early dew that disappears. You see, God looks past the pretense and reveals the shallowness of their hearts. In Hosea 7 and verse 10, it said, And the pride of Israel testified to his face, They do not return to the Lord their God, nor seek him for all of this, for all of the trouble that was in the land. They still didn't truly Get sincere about seeking God, repenting of their sins, and getting right with Him. Let me, let me say something to you here this morning. Noah's message from the steps of the ark was not something good is going to happen to you. Amos was not confronted by the high priest of Israel for com- proclaiming confession is possession. Jeremiah was not put into the pit for preaching, I'm okay, you're okay. John the Baptist was not beheaded for preaching, smile, God loves you. The two pro- And listen, God does love you, but there's no reason to smile if we're not right with Him. Amen. Because He chastens everyone that He loves and scourges everyone that He receiveth. Oh, but there is such mercy available to the sincere seeker and the sincere penitent heart. The two prophets of the tribulation will not be killed for preaching God is in his heaven and all is right in the world. Daniel was not put into the lion's den for preaching possibility thinking will move mountains. Their trouble resulted from one simple message that was rejected, and that is repentance. And the first evidence of shallowness is their concern was not for healing, uh, uh, for healing rather, and not for cleansing. Their concern was for healing and not for cleansing. They saw their nation in difficulty and wanted God to make things right. Ring a bell? But they did not come with broken hearts and surrendered wills. They wanted happiness, not holiness. A change of circumstances and not a change within their own character. You see, friend, repentance does not mean remorse. Repentance means giving up the sin. Amen. Repentance, uh, to be of any avail, must work a change of heart and conduct. It's not so much as what we feel, but what we do as a result of that conviction we feel, that guilt we feel, that shame we feel. Repentance without amendment is like continually pumping without mending the leak. Repentance is the golden key that opens the palace of eternity. (laughs) Hallelujah. All true repentance includes a deep desire for cleansing. 
God's first reaction to the re- to the repentant heart <laughs> is not just to forgive initially, but to cleanse and then forgive. They saw their nation in difficulty. They wanted God to make things right. But they didn't come with broken hearts and surrendered wills. They wanted happiness. I'm going to say it again. But not holiness. They wanted they wanted a change in their circumstances. But not in their character. Many people, when trouble comes, treat God like a celestial lifeguard who should rescue them from danger but not deliver them from their sins. And that's why in, in David's song, psalm of repentance, his prayer of repentance, the first thing out of his mouth in sincere repentance was, create in me, wash me with hyssop. He cried for cleansing. Wash me with hyssop and I shall be clean. And then he he signified it wasn't just the outside, but the inward man, the in, inward character. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Glory to God. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. This is not salvation as, as sins forgiven and the new birth and the born again experience of the new covenant. This is God returning to Israel to deliver them from their enemies and deliver them from their circumstances, whether it be drought or whether it be the locust or whether it be the pestilence. Amen. Restore unto me the joy of your intervention when we cry unto you is what he's saying. That kind of salvation. Glory be to God. How will we know if when we return to the Lord, if he's returned to us as he promised? Amen. Because he will send the former and the latter rain and he'll do it in a season. I want to read to you from the book of Joel. Amen. I'm going to, going to get out my big large print Bible right now. Hallelujah. And pick it up. Listen to the book of Joel and, and what it, what it says. Amen. Uh, uh, in verse 12 of Joel chapter 2. It, this is true repentance, and this is when that former and latter rain that, that's identified as God's grace and goodness restored. Listen, verse 12. Therefore also now, saith the Lord, turn ye. Remember, turn from your wicked way. Amen. When you turn from your wicked way, then turn to God. Amen. Listen. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning. Be broken hearted because of your sin and your rebellion. Listen to verse 13. And rend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent and leave a blessing behind him, even a meat offering, a drink offering unto the Lord your God? Blow ye the trumpet in Zion, sanctify a fast, 
call a solemn assembly. Amen. Listen to verse 23. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former and the rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in one month or in the first month. That means he's going to restore that, 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 that terrible, terrible, uh, agricultural judgment when locusts came upon the land and devoured it because of their sin and compromise and rebellion. But he said, if you turn back to me, I'm going to turn back to you and I'm going to cause the former and latter rain to come. You're going to get a bumper crop to make up for that crop that you lost. I'm going to restore. Listen, repentance brings restoration. I don't know how. Well, I know how in the world, but I don't know how in the church. That repentance has such a bad spin on it. That that's old time fire and brimstone. Oh, he's making us feel bad. Honey, if you're right with God, you're not going to feel bad when you hear the word calling you to righteousness. The only reason you're going to feel bad or I'm going to feel bad is because I'm wrong with God and I'm not ready to get right with God and I don't want nobody to bother me and I don't want conviction to come upon me and I don't want any responsibility for unanswered prayer. I want to blame it on on the devil, I don't want to accept the fact that I need to have a clean heart and I need to have a right spirit renewed within me. Create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit, O God, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me and restore unto me. Hallelujah. Psalm 51, as David repents, Amen. The joy of thy salvation. Then sinners will be converted unto thee. We will have an effective witness. Hallelujah. And transgressors will learn thy ways. Well, listen to this restoration here. Amen. And listen, verse verse 25, And I will restore unto you the years the locust hath eaten, the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Amen. I will restore all of that that my previous judgments brought into the land. I will literally heal your land. Praise God. The principle is the same. True repentance is really what it means to return to God. Amen. And restoration is God's merciful, gracious response to true repentance. I will restore unto you <laughs> all those years uh, that that this this judgment in the land has brought to you. Amen. I'll send you the former and the latter rain in one season. Glory be to God. But it 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 is when we truly repent. It's when we let conviction break our hearts, respond with broken hearts. We've sinned against you. We've sinned against you. We're sorry, Lord. Rebuke us not in thine hot displeasure. And with all of thy righteous judgments, remember mercy. Amen. Listen, there were such judgments in the land in Lamentations chapter 3. 
that the prophet Jeremiah cried out. He had preached a lifetime and nothing changed. Now they were about to go into captivity. The king of Babylon was going to take them down into Babylon and they were going to have to leave their cities and their lands, lose their battles. And he saw all of that occur and he was so broken He said, when I saw the wormwood and I saw the gall of it, he said, my soul was humbled within me in chapter 3 of Lamentations. Literally humbled, not in the virtuous sense of the good, uh, good, righteous humility that God honors so much in us. But this this Hebrew word meant my soul is literally crushed within me. But this... I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. This I recall to mind, therefore have I hope. Thy mercies are new every morning. Praise God. Amen. Thy mercies are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness. In the general sense, we know God is faithful because of His unchanging character, His pure character. In Him, there's not a, even a shadow of turning, no variableness. God is absolutely, completely faithful. But in this context, He is particularly, peculiarly faithful to show mercy to those who come to Him sincerely with broken hearts because of their sin. He will restore. And when Israel did that, God turned the captivity of Israel. Praise God. Amen. In the book of Psalms, it said, When God turned the captivity of Israel, then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue filled with song. Glory be to God. I believe God wants to turn the captivity, not just of the nation of Israel like in ancient times, but in in spiritual Israel today, in the true church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that we need to hear the joyful sound again. Not the sound of mourning, belly aching, or, or whining. Or We need to hear the sound of praise and adoration coming from the hearts of a grateful people that have returned to God and God has returned to them and restored unto them the joy of His deliverance, the joy of His answered prayer, the joy of His pronounced blessing. Glory be to God. And the joy of knowing that we are right with God because we were real with God when we needed to get right with God. Amen. In the book of Revelation, and to the angel of the church of, of Laodicea, the last of the seven churches, we read these words, uh, that, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in. Hallelujah. And sup with him and him with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That is in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. 
Amen. Listen to how he, he begins to speak to them in verse 14. And the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, and thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot, but because thou art lukewarm, barely warm, and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee. Now the word in my Bible, and it's an up-to-date Bible, is vomit. I know that's 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 a crude way of putting it, but he said this kind of attitude in my people claiming my name makes me sick enough to throw up. Listen, because thou sayest, I am rich. Is that the message of today? With all the coming of the Lord at the doors, the coming judgment, the great tribulation, the multiplied souls that are, that are lost without God and headed for eternity without God. Is this such a time to go after gold and apparel? Because thou sayest, I'm rich. They were materialistic. Listen, and increase with goods and have need of nothing. And knowest thou not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked? Now here's his counsel to them. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou might be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. Literally, this is the righteousness. Not, the, not just the positional that comes when we get saved, but the personal that comes when we begin to walk out this new life in Jesus. Hallelujah. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see as many as I love. I rebuke and I chasten. Be zealous, therefore. And here's why he knocked at the door and it didn't open. And repent. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. You know what kept him out? If he came to the church of Laodicea and his message was, Give to God and get rich they would have opened the door immediately unto him because they were rich and materialistic. problem about materialism is it never satisfies in and of itself apart from God. Billy Graham said it. Someone else said it first, but I remember him repeating it more than once that there is a God-shaped hole in the heart of every human being and only God is big enough to fill that. It was designed for God. We were designed to be a, a temple for God to indwell. We were designed collectively as God's children to be a house fitly framed together for a habitation of God through and by the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And nothing of this world, materially, physically, nothing can fill that hole. Ever getting, never having enough. Oh, friend of mine, when to, you know what the Bible said? We brought nothing into this world. New covenant. We can't take anything out. But godliness 
with contentment is great gain. Glory to God. Brought nothing in. Can't take nothing out. But having food and raiment and God living within us, let us therefore be content. Amen. Be content with such things that you have. For he has said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You see, when we have that spiritual satisfaction, we have that spiritual peace, that spiritual joy. (laughs) Hallelujah. We're right with God and He is for us. Then everything else is just a, it's a blessing, but it is not the supreme blessing. It's not what we go after. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. We're going to have a a healing campaign and everyone is going to be healed. They would have opened immediately to be healed in their body. Amen. Of course they would. Who wouldn't? But he said, I'm coming with a message to correct you. And if you will repent, if you will repent, look at verse 21. To him that overcometh. Will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am sit down with my Father and in His throne? Amen. You're going to know a victory like you've never known. And it's going to outlast this present world. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. The ramifications of that is going to continue throughout all eternity. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you've ever seen an artist conception, and there's some beautiful ones, one in particular, I forget the artist, but it shows Jesus standing at a door, and he's knocking. And if you will notice, there is no knob, no lever on the outside. It has to be opened from the inside in order for Christ to enter. He will not force His will upon us, but He will reveal His will to us. And He will urge us to obey it, beginning with opening the door of our heart to the Holy Spirit's conviction. Amen. Responding to God's call to repentance. As many as I love, I rebuke and I chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Open the door, in other words. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you hear him knocking? Can you hear him knocking today on your heart's door? Does he want complete access to your life through your heart? Amen. That he might work a work of restoration in your life as you truly repent, as I truly repent, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will heal their land. I'll hear from heaven. I will heal their land. I'll send you the former and the latter rain in a season and I'll restore unto you the years that the locust the caterpillar and the canker worm hath eaten away and I'll do it in one season you return to me 
with true repentance. And I'll return to you with true restoration spiritually, physically, mentally, (laughs) materially, financially. Hallelujah. God will bless you. And the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. He adds no sorrow with it. But the riches he's talking about is spiritual initially. And then he'll meet every other need. Because when the king is first, the kingdom is first. And everything else you need will be added to you. You'll find out your greatest need has already been met when God fills that that cavernous cavernous hole in your heart. (laughs) Amen. Have you been trying to fill it through sin and through material possessions? I implore you today, come to Jesus. He's knocking at your heart's door. Open the door. Let Him in. And let Him do a work in your life. Let Him turn your life around. Let Him then seal you for heaven that you might live eternally with Him. Amen and amen.